Hi, and welcome to episode 44 of No Crying in Baseball, Dance Cam Edition. My name is Patty, and I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth, with whom I shared the dance cam at Camden Yards just yesterday. Although there's no photographic evidence of me except for my left hand. And I, I really think it's great how either the photographer or the way that the the billboard, what's that big thing? Jumbotron. The Jumbotron. Jumbotron is, was photographed. I was conveniently blacked out, but you're up there. And we, we had some serious airtime. We were that, up there for a while. That cameraman seemed to really enjoy our um, enthusiasm. And maybe it's because we were one of, what, 10, 15 other people in the stadium? That could be it. But I just want to point out that I was also on Nationals Dance Cam this same week. So two games in a row in two different parks, I was on Dance Cam only the first time it was without you. So it wasn't as good as it could have been, but it was still fun. I appreciate that. That must mean that you've got the moves. You've totally got the moves. And this was our second time attempting to watch this game between the Red Sox and the Orioles. And there was so much similarity between the two times, not the weather. The first time it ended up pouring yesterday was so fucking hot. It you, was you nighttime. The first time it was nighttime. Yeah. And now and then it was daytime, which kind of added to the whole, these are great seats except for, ow, it burns. Yeah. And the first time I saw Pookie hit a home run, and this time we saw JBJ hit two home runs plus Nunez. What was the same between the two games? was the score. The first game was an inning and a half, and the Red Sox were up five to nothing when the rain was called. And yesterday, we sat through nine innings to get to the same score of five to nothing Red Sox. The other thing that was the same between the two games is the misery that I felt for the Orioles. Sorry, guys, I was cheering for you all that I could, but that wasn't enough. Yeah, I think we are sort of uh, backing each other up there or or going against each other, trying to cancel each other out. Maybe those are the words as far as volume and what we were chanting, because we're only 15 rows away. So I'm sure they heard us. I am positive. And it's not like the Red Sox have lost in recent memory. Have have? They? Oh wait, there was one, just the one. But they made up for it because my boyfriend Mookie Betts, who I affectionately call Pookie, hit for the cycle in Toronto. So despite the loss, one of the rare Red Sox losses recently, and let's hope I'm not jinxing them right now as they're in the ninth inning with the Orioles. Pookie hit for the cycle. More good Pookie news. He's going to have a baby. He and his wife announced in a really cute, baseball-y kind of way with a front-page newspaper promo that they're due to have a baby this November on David Ortiz's birthday. So if that Uh, works out, that would be really cool. That that is, may I just say, adorable. Drink up. I, I was just about to do that. I know you were. So for the rest of the episode, we should be done with the Orioles and the Red Sox, probably. Mm, so no what, promises here. We we've got a lot to say about nicknames. All the nicknames were announced for Players Weekend. We have a lot of opinions that we're going to share with you. We have an update on Juan Soto because there's mayhem in the world of our favorite Rookie of the Year candidate. Um, we're going to tell you about some players who are even younger than Juan Soto. We're going to tell you all about 538's public service, giving us a cheat sheet that that um, that explains the grandpa rule and lots of really cool opportunities for women in the world of baseball. But first, Players Weekend. Players Weekend is August 24th through 26th this year, which is pretty much the same weekend that it was last year. And Players Weekend is when the teams get to let loose a little bit. They change their uniforms to those that are a little more playful. They kind of reflect like Little League colors and all of that. And the players, instead of having their last names on the back, (laughs) choose nicknames. They choose nicknames on the back of their jerseys so they can have a little bit more fun with it. 
And there are some players that already have nicknames that they are known by. So as we say, you know, keep them if you've got them. So you'll see Buffalo and Benny and Moose and Goldie. And D. Gordon of the Mariners, whose jersey is going to say Varys, is actually his nickname growing up because his real name is Deveris. But people couldn't say it, so he just changed it to D. I bet you have some regulation nicknames that are just going to show up on the jerseys. Yeah, so the ones that you just rattled off are your baseball boyfriends from our Fantasy Baseball Boyfriend League, how we've we've carefully chosen one from each team because of all their wonderful qualities. And yeah, if you get a nickname, you might as well use it. So Yadier Molina, Yadi, which they call him anyway. Pookie doesn't say Pookie, it says Mookie, but you know, we'll settle for that. And Kike Hernandez has Kike back there. Wait a minute, doesn't Mookie fit into the first name bad nickname rule? How is that? Isn't that his real nick? His real first name? No. Well, it's his. It's a nickname. His first name is Marcus. Marcus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Marcus okay, Limbets, right. and his his initials are MLB for a very That's good reason. Right. So right. Mookie was just his growing up nickname. Okay, yeah. Perfect. Just want to make sure. Mm-hmm. So you may have noticed I didn't say Scooter because Scooter is my favorite nickname, right? Scooter Jeanette. His jersey nickname is not going to be Scooter. It's going to be D A L three, honoring Dale Earnhardt. It's also why his jersey is number three. Turns out he grew up big, you know, big race fan, and he just always wants to to acknowledge and, and honor his favorite. And so he, instead of having Scooter on the back of that jersey, which Scooter, I would have paid for that jersey. It says DAL three, but that's okay because that's a good reason. I'm I'm behind it. And he's cross training. He's cross training. That's that if had. you consider auto racing a. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble. Never mind. All right. Back to nicknames. There are some crappy ones. And, you know, I'm just going to say that a higher proportion of Yankees than any other team went with the cop out of using their last name. I mean, man, that's what's on your shirt anyway. Oh, wait. Not on the Yankees. The Yankees don't have their names on their jerseys. So that's weird. No. No, they don't. That's what's unique about the Yankees. They don't wear their names on their shirts. So this is weird. This is how they're going to get their last names on their shirt, on their jerseys. That's bizarre. Oh, I just remembered that. Oh, that's well, wacky. Well, Gardner has it and Bird and Judge. And there's this guy, Ellsbury, who actually plays for the Yankees. Never but you might, you might not remember him because he hasn't been around for a while. But lamely enough, he's copping out with his last name. Only one of my boyfriends was lame enough to do the cop-out, and that's Joe Maurer of the Twins, just has Maurer. Come on, you could have thought something better than that. If it's not last name, what's the second worst thing you can have on your The second your worst jersey? thing would be your first name. <laughs> yeah. And none of my boyfriends just had their first name, but I know at least one, maybe two. So, yours. yeah, so uh, in my category, I have a Springer. Really? Really, George? Yeah. It was Springer. Could have done better. And I've got a Matt and a Nick. And I'm just thinking, I wonder if in those cases they do have other nicknames they are just not fit for general public consumption. Like the kids are watching, don't call me that. It could be. So I that, don't know. That's Matt from, from the Dodgers, right? Matt Kemp, your, your newly no, acquired? No, Matt Kemp um, has something else. It's, oh, no, no, no he's, he's Matt. Matt. He's definitely Matt. I will look I thought, that up. I thought it was Matt Olson was Matt. I think there are a couple Matts. There are a couple of Matts, but one of the Matts is not Matt. Um, but, but Nick is Nick Castellanos, and I really had higher hopes for him. I had some good notables, and they have to do some of them for why I chose these baseball boyfriends, including Travis Shaw of the Brewers. His says Mayor DDC on the back. That's the mayor of Ding Dong City, and it was one of the reasons why I picked him. I told that story in that back episode. Also, Brandon Crawford of the Giants has DJ BC Raw, and he's known for spinning the tunes in the clubhouse and doing the batting practices mix. Um, Joey Votto of the Reds. Kind of didn't get into the spirit of this. His says, 
in Flanders Fields, which is a World War One military poem written by a Canadian military doctor. And we did talk at some point about his Canadian pride because I remember you being su- surprised that he was from Canada. Right? It was it was on Canada Day. And I believe it That's involved right. geese. Yes, it was the the goose coming in to the to the ball fields. Well, apparently he has more ties than just geese to Canada, and he chose in Flanders Fields' dead, depressing World War One poem title for the back of his nickname shirt. Go figure. He has other qualities. On the other end, I do have some clowns, including Salvador Perez, Salvi of the Royals, who has El Nino on the back, which seems to fit because we've talked about him being like a childlike joker on the team, playing around a lot. Adam Jones of the O's has La Gente on the back, the people, which is interesting for a couple reasons. One, I don't know if he speaks Spanish. I don't think he's Hispanic for background, but he chose La Gente. And lately, with one thing that we're going to be talking about again, the Mamie Johnson Little League, and also his decision to stay with the O's and to invoke his non-trade capabilities, he's really a, a guy of the people. And it's kind of interesting that he picked La Gente as his nickname. My last of my boyfriends that I think did a really good job is Walker Bueller, Bueller the pitcher. Bueller. And he did that. His says Ferris. I noticed that you call these notable and not good. Cause mm. I there's nothing good about putting in Flanders Fields on the back of your... I don't know what's going on there. I'm just going to tell you some good ones. So Jay Bruce, when I read these quickly, I thought, oh, we just used Bruce. That's stupid. But no, he's got all the extra U's in there because when he comes up to bat, people say, Bruce. So he added all the U's. Um, Zach Cozart with the Angels, L.A. Cos. Javi Baez of the Cubs is reusing his nickname from last year, which was El Mago, the Magician. And the same thing with Francisco, Jesus, Frankie, (laughs) Frankie Lindor is Mr. Smile again this year. Tommy Pham now with the Rays. Fantastic. And Shane Bieber of the Cleveland team, not Justin. Of course he's not. I have a couple of special mentions who aren't boyfriends. Actually, Demet, you know what the first one actually is? I remember way back when you taught me about Pat Venditti, he's the, the ambidextrous pitcher for the Dodgers. I didn't connect how his name was written to how it sounded. I thought it was Vendite, and I learned that from you. And he's, I guess, making people uh, incredibly aware of his pronunciation because his nickname is P. Vitti, which I think is really cute. Right? Venditti P. Vitti. Adorable. All right. Adorable. Last one from the Orioles, Paul Fry, is Papa Frita, which is French fry, but pretty cute. I liked it. <laughs> um, my winner, the, one, the guy I'm picking for the winner, is Joey Gallo because I'm all about the puns. Pico de Gallo, right? There you go. Pretty good. We have a lot to say about fun things like nicknames. We have some extra pieces here that don't always make it onto the podcast because we talk so much. If you want to hear everything we have to say, you can become a Patreon member. That means you just have to give like a buck a month more if you want to. It's like a quarter an episode. And then you get access to all kinds of special content on our Patreon page, like full-length interviews. More than that, we could even thank you in an upcoming episode. Just go to patreon.com slash nocryinginbball. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash nocryinginbball. And you can become a supporter today. You'll find everything you need there to support No Crying in Baseball. Thank you very much. This week's Juan Soto report is not 
happy about all the records he's broken since the 1800s, it's kind of wacky. Last week, we told you about the Braves broadcaster, Joe Simpson, who was giving the Dodgers crap for what they were wearing during batting practice, which turned out to be a fundraiser for cancer research. So this time, when um, when the Braves were in town playing the Nats, it was a doubleheader, during the first game, he was talking about Juan Soto and kept saying, well, if he's 19 and implying that he lied about his age. And in the past, there was a problem with people coming in from Latin American countries and there being mix-ups or fakery involved in in their ages. But now that's different. Now they have to be vetted by the U.S. government, by Major League Baseball, and by the teams. That's not the case. Mike Rizzo, the general manager of the Nationals, was having none of this. He marched up to the press box and sat down next to Joe Simpson and said, nope. That's unacceptable. You need to apologize. He is 19. There is no question about it. And you can't be spreading rumors like this. So in the second game of the doubleheader, Joe Simpson did apologize. But it was one of those sort of half-assed apologies like, oh, I was just speaking off the top of my head. Sorry, everybody. Let's move on. And that was it. But it wasn't enough for a lot of people, including the Dominican Prospect League, which is the organization that that Juan Soto was brought up through to learn the game of baseball and to be groomed for playing in Major League Baseball. The president of the the DPL wrote a letter to Joe Simpson and the Braves and Major League Baseball saying, this is not okay. Mr. Simpson, you need to sit yourself out a game. And if you don't do it, we're going to ask the Braves to do it. And if the Braves don't sit you for a game, we're going to ask Major League Baseball to do it. Has there been any reaction yet? I haven't seen anything that's come of it yet, but they were not ha- they were not having any of it. They said, this is, this is slanderous. You can't get away with it. It's racist. You didn't do your research. You're making stuff up. You can't do this. You are hurting people when you do this. I think that's a very polite way for them to go about it, though, to ask him to make the choice to sit out. So mm-hmm. giving him the chance, look, you can make amends on your own before we make somebody tell you to do it, basically. And if you don't, we are going to hold your feet to the fire. And then not long after that, our boy Juan Soto had his first ejection ever. And it happened so fast. That was kind of a premature ejection, flashing back a little bit. It was. And I wish you wouldn't say those things. But (laughs) (laughs) so this was a game where a lot of the nationals were complaining about about the the strike zone. The strikes were, were being called when they were clearly balls. That happened to Soto. He walked away. At his next at bat, he came up and told the ump that last one was was really a ball. And the ump got in his face and said, what did you say? And Juan said again, this he repeated it nicely and he got ejected and later on he said i just wanted to make sure he can understand and be better so like we, we can help him help us yeah the the interview with him was adorable because he was so earnest about it talking to the press in english and he had his translator next to him but he was obviously trying to explain to people i was just trying to be nice about this and it's it's it just goes to show that he is beyond his years in many ways, and he doesn't understand the way that the game works. You know, these sort of under underwritten, understood? The unwritten rules That's that it. should be written That's down, it. damn it. <laughs> underwritten, unwritten rules that you just don't say anything to an umpire. You just don't. Well, apparently veterans can get away with it. And actually, a lot of the bench yeah. was ticked because they said he should have gotten a warning. That should just been explained to him, but now he got ejected. But he's still our guy, and he's going to be Rookie of the Year. Now for people even younger than Juan Soto. This afternoon, shortly before we started recording, the Mamie Johnson Little League, whom we spoke about last week, the D.C. team that made it to the regional finals, was honored in Baltimore before the Orioles-Red Sox games. And you may wonder why in Baltimore? 
Well, if you listened last week, you would hear that Adam Jones sponsored the final chunk of change that sent them to those to those finals. So they met with Adam Jones before the game. And last week, I also questioned why none of the Nationals had come up for this DC team. And actually, it turns out I found out this week that Max and his wife, Erica Scherzer, had paid for new equipment for the team. So they have a lot of national support as well. But nice gesture, incredible gesture, really, by Adam Jones and inviting them there was the right thing to do today. Happy news. It's good to be talking about happy stuff, huh? It sure is. And now we're going to go from the little guys to the grandpas. 538, one of my favorites, 538, has quantified the grandpa rule as a public service. And if you know grandpas who go to ball games, you'll know they always want to leave early to beat the traffic. And 538 is here to tell you when it's safe to do that. They've created a cheat sheet based on their, based on numbers, based on math. Yep, we're back to baseball math. When to leave the ballpark based on sequential probability ratio tests. I'm not going to explain it. Don't look at me like that because... I'm so confused. Yeah, you look it up. Look it up. It makes a lot of sense. You, you, you do a trial, and depending on that, you can choose to do another trial. And so they did this, and they, they, they used games from 2010 to 2015. And then when they came up with these rules, they tested it against every game in the 2016 season. So basically, it's about run differentials. It's like if you're ahead by... If, if a team is leading by four or more runs in the sixth inning... It could be safe to leave. If a team is leading by two or more runs in the eighth inning, it's probably safe to leave. Now, I will stop for a moment and say, why would you ever leave a ball game before it's over unless you're sick or the metro's closing and you don't have a way home unless you leave right away? And I know I have personally experienced the opposite happening on both of those stats. So I don't know. I'm a hard one to, to convert on that. So this is for, for those who insist on leaving early. There's a 97% success rate based on t- testing this against the 2016 games. So if you followed these rules, you would have left early 1,750 times in the 2016 season. 61 of those times you would have been disappointed because there was a comeback and the other team ended up winning. But you would have saved 1,612 hours over the season. So take that as you as you may. You can print out and cut out the cheat sheet, put it in your wallet, and you can refer to it if you're going to be that guy that feels like he needs to beat the traffic. How can you be saving hours if it means not being at the ballpark? Like what? Are, that's where I want to spend my saved hours is at the ballpark. I don't understand. The logic just doesn't make sense. It to doesn't me. apply to us. Doesn't make. Uh, yeah. Uh, We have some good things to say about girls in baseball and women in baseball this week, but not enough details. And I spent way too much time trying to find these details, and I wish they were out there. Baseball for All had a tournament last weekend in Rockville, Illinois, home of the Rockville Peaches. Wait, Rockford. I said Rockville. You did. Don't go back to Rockville. Don't go back to Rockville. I even wrote Rockville. You did. How did I screw that up? You've been drinking. I've seen you do it. There's that. I don't think I wrote my notes after drinking, but go figure. I couldn't find a comprehensive results of the tournament on their website, on Facebook. I asked for it. I think these girls need a lot of recognition, so I would like to see their names out there. I'd like to see the winners' teams out there. All I know is that the 13 and under Chicago Pioneers, which included seven girls from Newfoundland, Newfoundland, which is pretty interesting. So girls could go to this tournament without a team and be placed on a team oh, that that's needed awesome. people. I like that. Yeah, because a lot of people, a lot of places just don't have enough girls to float their own team. Our own local DC force 
14 and under champions. And I know that the Boston Slammers did well, but I couldn't figure out how well. One side note on my beloved Boston, the Slammers, this all-girls baseball team in Boston, they're in the, they made the semifinals of the Boston's Mayor's Cup as the only girls team. Oh, right on, Boston Slammers. Boys. Very nice. There are a couple opportunities, finally, for sort of building a structure in which women can, can succeed in the world of baseball. And one of them is actually for women baseball professionals and executives. So if you're like me and you don't play, but you love the game, and maybe you want to make a career of working in baseball, the minor league, uh, minor league baseball and the Women in Baseball Leadership Event Committee have gotten together and they've created this new program. In the past, they would do things like there is a baseball conference or like the baseball winter meetings or something, and they would have a networking opportunity, like one event there. Go have coffee, go have a drink, and meet other women who, are, who work in baseball. Now, they've created the Women in Baseball Lift, Leaders Inspiring Future Talent Mentorship Program. And they're, you, could, you have to apply to this program, and they're going to match women with more than four years' experience working in baseball with women with fewer than four years working in baseball so they can build up that mentorship relationship and really share what they know, share their experience, and help guide more women to succeed and to move up in the ranks in minor league baseball and hopefully major league baseball. So I think that's really cool, and I like to see that structure in place. You know, there's one more interesting opportunity for women in baseball coming up, the Instructional Baseball Camp for Women by the International Women's Baseball Center, whom we've spoken about with Women in Baseball Week. They're going to have a camp in September, but it's really for women who do play baseball in order to hone their skills. You have to actually apply. They're taking just around 30 women. You can go to their website. I'll post it. It's a week long. It's in Rockford, Illinois. I got the place right this time. And there's no charge. So if you can qualify, you can go. If you're a woman who loves to play baseball, this seems like an awesome opportunity. That is very cool. And what about some women who played baseball so long ago? I have to say something nice about the Yankees, and I'm going to take a deep breath. Wait, I'm going to take a sip because... Because why mm-hmm. not? But we have they spoken... Did good. They did good. ...that this year is the 75th anniversary of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League, and I don't know of any other major league team, but the Yankees did honor these women yesterday, inviting four of them to the ballpark, one throw at the first pitch, Katie Horseman. Looking amazing out there. We've got to post that link throughout the first pitch of a Yankees game. So yes, yay Yankees for doing that. Very nice. The next thing that's happening in women in baseball is the Women's Baseball World Cup coming up pretty soon, yeah? Yeah, in a couple weeks in Vieira, Florida. And we're going to be hopefully reporting on the results of that. I hope we can get those results better than the baseball for all results. And I hope that ESPN covers it at least as carefully as they've been covering the Boys Little League World Series, which has been tons of games out there. Why not the girls' games or the women's games? There actually is going to be coverage. There's going to be streaming and there's going to be broadcast. There is um, the the USSS, I can't remember how many S's are in there, yeah, but the, you know, a bunch. the United States Specialty Sports has the broadcast contract for it. They've got the cameras on the field. They have the commentators ready and they say they're going to post soon. It better be soon where you can watch. So you will be able to watch. It may or may not be ESPN, but there will be broadcast and streaming ways to watch the game, all 50 games, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, but I just have to add a little bit of a dig that ESPN should do it. I mean, getting it streaming online. Yeah, that's one thing. But if they're going to be covering the, the baseball boys World Series, why can't they cover also the Women's World Cup? 
fantasy baseball news, not much is happening. Except, you know, <laughs> Except I'm doing a little better. You are both in third and fourth, and the Tacoma Park Sox are back in fifth. And I'm still in second. That leaves Deborah first place. The Tacoma Park Sox are not at all bitter about that. Not at all. Either. In the week to come, we hope that you tell your friends about the, the show and that you subscribe and you review and you check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. And until then, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. Cue the music. Do, 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 do.